how are you? Good, how are you? I am wonderful. It's good to see your face. You too. <laughs> how is your day going? Um, it's been pretty well. Um, it's Saturday, so this is a day where I like sleep in and don't feel bad about it. Yeah. So I got up at 10, which is really late for me, but I was like, I'm just going to chill. This week has been really productive and I'm like tired. So I just gave myself some grace. Okay. Oh, I love that grace. I'm trying. Yeah, today is Saturday and I am studying for the Indiana Bar Exam. I've been listening to your podcast. Like I love it so much because it's... It's like the little, even though it's like 20, less than 30 minutes long, it's like, I love the breath that I get to take by listening. But yeah, it is Saturday. I woke up late and by late, meaning nine (laughs) o'clock, I wanted to be at the coffee shop for at least nine o'clock, but that didn't happen. So, but I'm trying to learn that to give, even still give myself grace. It's hard, but it's something that you have to practice because it took me a while to, okay, Des, it is okay. Like, you can sit down. You mm-hmm. can, it's okay that you didn't get something done. Like, it took me a while to start giving myself grace, but when I started, like, repeating it to myself on a daily, Ooh. that's when it kind of started to be something that, where I don't overwhelm myself. And it's so easy. It's so easy. Look, I've been doing my stalker stalkerish stuff so like I'm gonna jump into that a bit later you know doing so much it's like you have to repeat that to yourself give yourself grace because you do have a lot on your plate again reading everything about you you can relate I'm sure yeah yeah Yeah. I think we met in clubhouse maybe yes yeah that was the last time I was in clubhouse I'm still like I love Clubhouse for what it is and what it can do. Yeah. Um, and I think we were in the uh, Set Your Intention room. Yes, yes. My very good friend, Kiana, which I love her. I'm actually going to see her tonight. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm rarely in there, but I know when I am, it is going to be in the Set Your Intention mm. Like That's the only way that I get to Clubhouse. Yeah. Um, I understand that people like, you know, they get a lot of information from there, but it's just one more app on my phone where I'm like on it always. Like, I think I spent one day where I was on Clubhouse the entire day. It is so addicting. And I did like, not like that. I was like, this isn't good. Yeah. Because I, I kept trying to see who's talking. Then I go to their profile then I go to their Instagram. Right. You know, try to follow all these other people while you should just be having your phone there to just listen to the gems that people are giving you. But I myself knew that I was getting distracted by it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put Clubhouse to the side. I'll get to it when I get to it, whenever I feel like it. But I can't make it like an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how Instagram is. And yeah. I, but you, more. <laughs> I love Clubhouse. Like, I had to put it aside for right now for that same reason. But like you said, set your intentions, that clubhouse room, Mm -hmm. that is the only room that I purposefully go to every morning to set my intention for the day. And I'm like, I see it pop up on my phone. I'm like, Ooh, I want to jump in that room (laughs) so bad. But no, like you said, like, and I love it because 
I get to meet so many people all around the world, which is what my platform is about. And so many people I would never get to otherwise talk to, or like you said, receive gems from, you know? So I do appreciate Clubhouse, but again, right now, at least until the bar is over, only I'm only in set your intention. So tonight when you see Kiana, please tell her thank you so much. Yeah. Like she is helping me get through my day, my weeks. My yes. Yeah. So she and you, I, I mean, obviously, like I met you through her. So again, <laughs> yeah. Um, connectors, like this episode, I already know we are going to be on one relating all the way through. Connectors, you have been listening to the voice of Desiree Tucker. You know who I am. I am Alexia Marche Plummer, the host, aka the plug of Amps Connected Podcast. Connectors, you know what to do. Sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast. And let's get connected. We are connected. Desiree, yes, (laughs) you have so many titles. I can read him off, but I think you do a so much better job telling everybody because you do all of the media shit. That's just <laughs> <laughs> That is exactly what my bio says. And I had to go back and forth. Like, how do I put this all in one? But like, in reality, I do have a little mouth on me, but I do do all of the media shit. Like I do media shit. Um, so, but in general, I work in radio. So my nine to five is in radio sales. Um, and then you know with working from home and stuff uh, I've been able to kind of expand in helping them with graphics and writing stories Um, I also have my own media company called the rap hippies where um, I have a co-founder and I have a team under me and prior to COVID we would go to concerts and festivals and showcases and open mics we would interview people we would you know play A&R pick me I want to (laughs) join that is so dope yeah, so we used to do all of that. You know, that is kind of how we kept the rap hippies moving and going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we got into COVID, it kind of stopped us because obviously we did nothing but concerts. Like I've covered uh, Dreamville. I've co- covered A3C. I've covered, um, what is it? Afro Afropunk. Um, just a lot of, in all the concerts that are here in Atlanta. And then I kind of was able to jump into whatever the radio station, whatever tickets the radio station had, mm-hmm. I was able to get in there and then cover it for myself and then cover it for the rap hippies. So I kind of got to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Working at the radio station. Um, and I've been doing that since mm, the rap hippies got, was established in 2016. Okay. So we start, we actually started off as a radio show um, with me and my business partner. And is then, that, I'm sorry, is that what, 13, 1308 or something like that? So that's something different. So. See, all the media <laughs> shit, all the radio stations. Okay, so break it down for me. Yeah, so I went to school for radio. Like I went to school for communications, got a certification in music and entertainment business. I knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, and I've just been doing it ever since. And mm-hmm. so we established the Rap Hippies because we knew when you, if you're in the industry, as far as like 
media stuff, you know, it's based off of who you know, as far mm-hmm. as how you get in and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So me and my business partner was like, we're not going to wait on nobody. Let's just create our own thing. And we knew that we would have to like really grind it out. So we met some other people. They had their own internet radio station and we actually had a show on there every Tuesday and Thursday for about six months. And then that radio show dis- or that radio station actually dissolved. Um, so then we took it as an opportunity, like, okay, we're no longer a radio show, but let's take everything and every part of the radio segment mm-hmm. and let's put it online. Let's put it on a website. And so that's when we started interview artists, started going to showcases, covering concerts and all of that. So, um, so I mean, before you continue, how do you approach a radio station? Like you went to school for communications, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to school? I'm actually went to Kennesaw State out here in Georgia. Okay, shout out. Kennesaw State University. Um, so what we, the, the good thing about, it is kind of still in the aspect of who you know. So mm-hmm. one of my colleagues actually had a radio station or had a radio show at that radio station. And that program director was looking for people to be on the channel of um, independent artists and showcasing artists. And that's really where my passion is. Like, mm-hmm. I love watching artists just grow, you know, I yeah. love at the showcase and seeing them at their, um, at their very beginning stages and wa- and seeing them grow. Like, so mm-hmm. I've seen, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. They're with uh, J. Cole and them. Dang, I'm Earth Gang, sorry. Okay, yeah. So I've seen Earth Gang here in Atlanta when mm-hmm. they were like nobodies. And to see them now grow into being like, j cole's you know yeah right on that label like i love seeing that transition so me and my business partner always talked about music always talked about new music and stuff like that and we just kind of came to them uh we did like an audition with the program director on air he just Mm -hmm. wanted to see how we talked with one another how we kind of came up with topics and stuff like that and then after that he was like i like y'all y'all can go ahead and start so then we came through with like a name and figured something out um figured out the days and the time that we would be able to come and just really broke it down because me and my business partner both had experience in um you know radio because we met Mm -hmm. at Kennesaw at the radio station Mm -hmm. uh so that's really what it was just as far as actually getting on air Mm -hmm. um and with my story kind of moving into where I'm at now because I work for one of the top 10 stations here in Atlanta now I knew that I had to find some type of way. I was a person that was like, I didn't care how I got into radio as long as I was there. So I took the business route, like the corporate route. So when I'm in radio sales, like I have my own desk, I'm in the office, I'm doing pushing papers and doing all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about it was that I was still around people that I admired all my life. So I was still around like Greg Street and Big Tigger and Joyce Littell and Ramona DeBro. Like, you know, these were people that I personally grew up listening to. And I didn't give a damn about how I was in the station. I was just in there. Um, So now as we move forward, I've been there for two years. The pandemic happened. And, um, you know, I got close with some of the people who worked at the radio station. And one of the producers was like, hey, Des, we're actually trying to do a show and put together a show, would you mind, I know you talk and I know you have a podcast with the Rap Hippies, would you mind like jumping on with me? So then that's how we got on 1380 WAOK because that's actually V103 sister station. Um, So then I got on there, started talking to the program director who has now turned into my mentor. 
which is like bananas to me because again, I listened to her as a child. And so for me and her to have like conversations almost every other day that can expand Mm -hmm. to like an hour to, you know, whatever, just talking about how much potential she sees in me, um, giving me all of this advice because she just got into the radio hall of like black radio hall of fame. That is so dope. Yeah. So like she, she does, the, she did the quiet storm. So she's, I just been listening to her since I was a kid. So that I'm like, is, damn. That is so dope. <laughs> this is like now my mentor. So, yeah. um, and it just kind of just came not, I don't want to say it came easy because I still had to work. So when right. I went to the sales side, when I got there, I would literally was like, what do you need? What do you want? Any of the departments, Pro- promotions department, programming department. Um, I can help with, like, you know, I've just always extended myself to help all departments so that they could know that I was like well-rounded mm-hmm. and it's just been helping me out, you know? And so now I'm able to say I'm a radio personality. It took me 10 years for me to say that I'm a legit radio personality on a actual terrestrial radio station Uh and that's something that I've always wanted since I was a kid like I grew up on radio and so you know it's just a matter of like really pushing through Mm -hmm. so there's that there's that side of me and then um Odyssey the podcast actually just was established uh December of last year um and then I'm also a publicist as well so it's just Every facet of media, I definitely um, put myself into, but um, Odyssey, the podcast has, uh, I didn't even, I didn't even know it was going to do what it's been doing, Um, but it came from me saying that I wanted to kind of take a step out because every venture that I've been in, I've always had a business partner. Mm -hmm. He's still my business partner. He's my, he's like a brother to me. I love him to death. We have our PR agency together and we do the rap hippies together. Mm -hmm. Um, So this time I was like, I want to do something for Dez and Odyssey the podcast came out um, and I was like I want to do something for the community because I've been in this industry for so long and still trying to work my way up mm-hmm. that I know what it feels like when you um, when you feel down about when you have bad days or when you have good days or when you just kind of have doubts and stuff like that I know what that feels like and the mantras and affirmations and books and stuff of that nature is what helped pick me up to, you know, keep me going. And I just figured that Odyssey, the podcast can do the same for others. So that's how that came about. Des, like I relate with you on so many levels from this book. I posted it on my story yesterday. The Four Agreements is probably one of the very few books I hate reading. Like, And I'm trying to reframe that, like, that's not my joy, (laughs) but, you know, but I like books. Mm -hmm. Like I have a few books that I've actually read, but I will listen to, I'm an audible person, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, but the four agreements was one of the books that I actually read. And the, one of the agreements be impeccable with your word is something that like, if not, any other, like I try to be impeccable with my word. And you said something that I didn't even think about, like being impeccable is like accepting or what somebody else says to you. Mm-hmm. And if you are offended by what they said, it's because you are accepting what they said about you and not being impeccable 
in their word. Yeah. I hope I'm explaining that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and then being impeccable with your word, I think with that chapter is still like self-love. I think it has a lot to do with how you speak to yourself and how mm -hmm. you believe in yourself. And mm -hmm. so on that episode, um, you know, I kind of opened up. It's actually a story that I never opened up about, about my uh, stepmother and my stepsisters and how they were always like taunting me and always having something to say and mm -hmm. as if something wasn't good enough or I was never good enough and that stuck with me mm -hmm. for 20 plus years like that's yeah. that still blows my mind to this day and that's because I agreed to what they were trying to tell me right like, you know they instilled it in me so much that their word was like stuck in me but I'm like now I have to shift that I now have to be impeccable with my word and how I feel about myself yes. to completely erase what them or anybody else has said to me over the years. So I think being impeccable with your word has a lot to do with how much you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so glad that um, the author had opened up with that because I think everything as we're growing and learning, everything starts with how much you love yourself. Yes. My upbringing was so, I would say not picket white picket fence. You know, I grew up with a stepdad and a stepmom and just a lot of different ideologies and how we relate to parents and child and or you know parent child relationships. Yeah. And I grew up with a lot of negative thoughts about myself because of certain things. Like you were saying earlier, you know, you you look up to people and you think, oh, I want to be just like that. But then you also have these people who are around you telling you what you're not, what you look like, um, how you should look, how you should be measuring up to such people. And because you're not measuring up, you can't get there. Yeah. But when you start to just love on yourself some, you can do all the media shit. <laughs> and more, you know, and again, like, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be a singer, mm -hmm. but uh, you work in the industry, mm -hmm. you know, like not too many people make it, you know? So yeah. what I did, I said, okay, well, if I can't be a singer, well, maybe I can be the attorney for the singer, you know, then I can still be around, you know, the people. And so I went to Loyola, New Orleans, <laughs> shout out. And um, uh, G Easy went to, I went to school with him, you know, and like seeing him, like you were saying, seeing him grow. And like, even then I was like, okay, see, I can maybe not be G easy, but I can represent him. Not saying that I do, obviously not, yeah. but like, you know, it's like, yes, I can do, I can do it too. You can still play and, a part. You can still play a part. Yes. And no, I was not, you know, the top notch student. I then went on to law school. Let anybody tell it. My law school is not a tier one. Mm -hmm. I want, Desiree, I wanted to go to um, Georgia State. Mm -hmm. Georgia State told me no, but Loyola accepted me. So thank you. Everything <laughs> happens for a reason. Yes, absolutely. Then I wanted to go to Emory. Uh, uh, Emory told me no. And <laughs> so I went to, um, now it's Western Michigan, Thomas mm -hmm. Cooley. Shout out to them. Mm -hmm. 
But without them, like I would not be in the position I'm in now. Right. Like what I'm gunning for now is everything that I've always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And it starts with like believing, loving on yourself that you can do whatever you want to do. Yes. Whatever yes. you want to do. Yes. So, I love that. Yes. I, I definitely can relate because the school that I wanted to go to was I wanted to go to Clark Atlanta. I wanted to get the HBCU experience because, you know, coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to be a radio personality. I knew I wanted to be in the urban stations. I mm -hmm. knew I wanted to be around hip hop. And I only felt like I could get that at an HBCU. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out in my favor. Um, and I ended up going to a PWI. But I now I'm like, if I didn't go to this PWI, mm -hmm. I don't think I would be where I'm at. I don't think I would even have like a certification in music and entertainment business by Joe Katz. Like that's yeah. a top attorney. You know? um, I don't think that I would have been able to study abroad in London with that program and mm -hmm. just went all over London from going to BMI, going to Sony Music, just, you know, doing all of those things. Like, so I, I used to kind of hold on to that, like, damn, I'm never going to get that experience. I'm mm -hmm. never going to be able to do that. But I'm so grateful and so thankful for being able to attend the school that I did and, mm -hmm. and have the, uh, the knowledge that I have about the industry and how professional that I can be, because they really instilled a lot. Like my professors really instilled a lot in me. Like he, yes. to this day, it's something that I'm still working on, but he'd be like, Desiree, you cannot be humble. Like you have to stop being humble. Like tell people about yourself. And it took me a long time Ding. Yes. to tell people, like even what I'm doing now, telling people what I do and, and what I'm capable of has taken a long time. Mm -hmm. It was not until about last year. It's always been like, oh yeah, I do concerts. Oh yeah, I have my own media company. Like, Why you know, do we do that? Why? I'm being Why? humble. You know? <laughs> Yeah, trying to be humble, but you have in this industry, and I think in any of the industries, you have to let people know who it is and what you do and, you know, what you can bring to the table. And it also shows like that, you know, your worth, because mm -hmm. that's what I'm starting to learn now that I'm like telling people what I do. Mm -hmm. That's me also letting you know that I know my worth. Okay. Like mm -hmm. I do X, Y, and Z, meaning that I'm worth what I, you know, what I bring to the table. So, you know, if you want to put a dollar amount on it or whatever the case may be, it's because I have this much experience. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, I have been thinking about that being humble. Like you don't, who wants to talk about themselves? I don't like talking about myself. Like I like this cause I'm getting to know you, but no, we don't talk about ourselves. But when do we, when should we? It's to our detriment that we're not. Mm -hmm. So that's a word right there, y'all. So Desiree, you're from Georgia. I am from originally from Georgia, but I grew up in the uh, Virginia Beach area. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up, I used to live in Baltimore, lived in Alexandria, Virginia. And then most of my, like, actually through elementary into high school, I was in Virginia Beach. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now you're back in Georgia. And then I came back to Georgia because my dad's side of the family is out here. So okay. my parents were divorced and I lived most of my time with my mom and I am biracial. So my mom is Guamanian and Filipino. My dad is black. And so uh, when I lived in Virginia with my mom, I literally and figuratively was the black sheep of the family. 
Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who look the way that I look, shape the way that I'm shaped, talk the way that I talk. And so I had to do a lot of code switching. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was at school, like I could get down with my girls and my friends and my homies. But when I got home, it kind of had to turn off and it was something else mm-hmm. um, because my mom and my sister didn't understand our jokes, you know, didn't understand the music or, you know, things like that. So I came here to Georgia so I can be closer to my dad's side of the family because when I would come out here in the summertime, I can kiki and ha ha with them Mm -hmm. without them being offended by it because that's just what we do. Yeah. And so, um, 10, you know, it's been 10 years already since I've been here and, um, just came here just to be with family and then you know, my friends have turned into my family as well. So it, I think it was a, like a really good choice for me to come back out here to Georgia. I mean, I was trying to run to Georgia, so I don't <laughs> blame you. I mean, I was trying to go to Atlanta. Atlanta. I love Atlanta accent. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I used to spend all of my summers in Atlanta with my aunt, my dad's sister. Okay. So there we go again. Um <laughs> And I just knew I was supposed to be in Atlanta. Like, again, since a kid, I wanted to be a singer. And I was like, no, I need to be here, Ma. I don't want to be in, in Louisiana anymore. This is where I need to move. I knew where I wanted to go to school, Tri-Cities. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do to get where I thought. But, you know, life, life happens. So you're not, are you, are you in Atlanta? So I am, I am in Atlanta. I'm like a little bit of the outskirts. It's still considered Fulton County, Atlanta, but I am not smack dab in the city. Okay. I had to be very strategic on where I live. And then thinking about Atlanta, Atlanta is very expensive. Like everybody moves out here. I mean, I know it's cheaper than New York because we got a lot of people from New York who moved down here, but Atlanta Mm. itself is very expensive. So Mm. I live on the outskirts. I got you. Mm -hmm. So I'm a foodie. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, I will just recommend it. I will go. So, for the connectors who have never visited Atlanta, where would you recommend? Hmm. And look, we can go to several places. I do believe in food halls. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. There's so many places. You have to go to Slutty Vegan. Of course, I'm not a vegan. I I love the meats. Um, (laughs) And I am, but I can. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I don't discriminate though. So, okay. If I go as a Mm non-vegan, I, okay. Let me tell you this. I've been to uh, five guys and I'll get their veggie burger. And it's like literally just like chopped veggies. Right. And it's like perfect, but, but yeah, I like it. So I'm okay with no meat. So let's start there. So if I go to Slutty Vegan, because I think that's appropriate, it's in Atlanta, I've been hearing about it, why not? What should I order? Uh, They have so many different names. It's just kind of funny how they have it. They have the um, one night stand, which is, I think is your basic like burger, vegan burger. And it has all of these toppings and then like the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, with cheese and then I think they have the menage a trois which is uh, I believe that actually has the vegan shrimp in it um, and the good thing with like slutty vegan is that you eat it and you forget that it's vegan so huh. it's like because it has the, it still has that vegan meat you know so it tastes just like a burger and all the other flavors just kind of take over you know and you just like 
this is this is vegan like everybody who tries it is like this is really vegan yeah they are they are really slutty with their names I, <laughs> yo that sounds good though that sounds really good because i like shrimp burgers mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. and shout out to the the founder who she like literally i watched her the way she's came up i remember seeing her do put stuff on doordash like little pop-ups on doordash and you mm -hmm. would order it and then next thing you knew she had a food truck and then her food truck had like people will wait in line for mm -hmm. hours mm -hmm. just to get her burgers and then she opened up two restaurants and working on a third one here in atlanta so um shout yeah. out to her and it's black owned so yeah right that's what i was gonna say shout out to these black owned businesses doing y'all thing mm -hmm. i cannot wait like as soon as i mean desi i know that you're being safe because you have to be pleased. Yes. Um, it, it, it is an, I'm not going out there. I actually enjoy working from home. I do miss, uh, I miss the concerts. Mm -hmm. Like when the pandemic happened, it, I did kind of have to rethink my career because I did nothing but go to concerts. Yeah. My career is socializing, you know? Soft flex. I don't <laughs> like this, just go to concerts. That is so dope. I am slight hating. Not really. Like, that is so dope. Who is, okay, who is your favorite person you've seen in concert? Uh, um, da, 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 da. Oh my goodness, that's really hard. Nipsey Hustle was one. Okay. That one, I, and that still touches my heart because that was the last concert I've seen. Wow. Uh, Kendrick Lamar was great. Mm -hmm. Um... And I have to say Jay-Z, I've always, I've been to more Jay-Z concerts than I've been to Beyonce concerts. I'm really, really I'm really a rap head, so. Really? Um, That's interesting. So you are a rap head, period. Mm -hmm. That's your go-to. I've, I've been to more rap concerts than I have been to R&B concerts. The, I think uh, the last R&B concert I think I went to was through the radio station. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really put me to sleep because I was taking pictures you know I had to like work but I think the last concert that I kind of went just for like leisure purposes I like fell asleep <laughs> that is so funny like and okay I'm I'm bowing my head in shame right now I have not gone to many concerts okay but I have like live music is my thing mm -hmm. um but concerts is not necessarily my thing like I'll go to festivals. Okay. But the last concert, I was supposed to go to Megan's concert. Let me, let me. Oh, I've seen her. You yeah. Her. Really? That's my girl though. I love Megan. Twice. I've seen her at the, um, I got to watch the BET, not the BET Awards. No, the hip hop awards, like as they were like recording it on TV mm -hmm. or full TV, which I have to say, I will never do that again because that is such a long process when they put those award shows together because you have to like stop and wait for them to do the commercial part and then you come back up and they have to do their lines to do the podium and then the performances come. Like it was such a long drawn out for hip hop award shows, or uh -huh. just award shows in general. But I've seen her there and I've seen her open up for Meek Mill. Okay, I can, I think that would be so much fun to me though. <laughs> but you have also, your palette in concerts is, I mean, I'm a newbie. Yeah. So 
I, I guess, because how, I mean, this is like legit 10 years of going to concerts. I have, so last year, I think it was maybe last year or two years, or a year before that, so two years ago, the Rap Hippies had actually put together something where we had just named all of these people and was like, circle, circle if you've been to, you know, if you've been to this person's concert. Mm -hmm. I think I circled probably about 50 to 60 of those. Wow. Wow. Including, including local artists here in Atlanta, like uh -huh. seeing them live shows, seeing them put together shows. And, you know, I've seen Erica Badu, Mary J. I've seen Nas. I have seen Erica Badu. Out of all the concerts or even live shows I've seen, I will pay to see Erica over and over and over again. Even when she was doing her quarantine series. Uh -huh. Yeah, I remember seeing that top notch so yeah i would pay to see her again yeah. over yeah i seen one person i did walk out on that i was very surprised of even walking out i um was lauren hill really so you know she's very good for being late i i've heard <laughs> so she was late but that year she did one music fest here in atlanta and um as we know lauren hill like her music she can't really play like her music because I think something with Wyclef and the rights over or something like that so mm -hmm. she was playing her songs but it was arranged differently yeah I didn't know what was next you know mm -hmm. like I didn't know how it was gonna go so I was actually with my godparents at the time and all three of us was like you ready you ready <laughs> and I was like and, and but it wasn't just oh, us. No. it wasn't just us though that walked out it was so many people that was walking out on that concert and as I was walking oh. out I never thought I would see the day that this amount of people were walking out on Lauren Hill you know that makes me really sad because literally if you see my phone history from today I listen to her unplugged album, like when I need to like calm my brain. Mm -hmm. So that makes me feel so sad for her because I mean, she's Lauren Hill, like. Oh, but I think it was, we didn't know the songs. Yeah, I get it. We heard, you know, we heard a little piece and then we got excited and then we were like, hold on. Yeah, I get that. Cause you do go to the concert to like vibe with the person. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. And just, or be surprised by how, by how they remix it or whatever. Cause like I said, Erica Badu, even on um, her quarantine series, like the way she presented it mm -hmm. was so dope. I was telling a friend, um, she was coming to, at to uh, Atlanta. I'm trying to be in Atlanta right now, y'all. <laughs> Hey, speak it, speak it. You know, I will be there. This is where you hopefully when COVID sit down somewhere. <laughs> but like um Erica was coming to Indiana and then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And then I was telling my friend, you should attend her quarantine series because she's gonna be dope. And I think they were like $1, $2, and $3. And she's like, I don't want to watch her and you see the same thing. And I'm like, no. She is so dope. She gives you a different experience every single time. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. She's great. I think mm -hmm. who else gives a really good experience? Um, her. I've only been to one of hers, but see that experience with her is to, to be able to see her pick up a, a guitar, mm -hmm. be on the piano, and do some drums. You'd be mm -hmm. like, damn, like yeah. I'm really out here doing some work so yeah. that was a really good one you know what though I like 
intimate settings. I think that's probably why I haven't been to concerts per se, but I like a lounge where, um, besides Erica, cause I did see her like in a concert hall to be able to see the artists like up close, personal. I love that so much. A little sexy vibe. I feel like yes. it's very low key. The lights are down. You know, might be a little red or purple light somewhere else. You know, that's what I love. I do love those. You had a picture of Erica Badu's vinyl, like in your picture. Uh-huh. And not Erica, but I'm sorry, Anita Baker. What am I? Okay, <laughs> get yourself together, Lex. Anita Baker. And she is like, Whitney Houston's my number one. Anita Baker is probably my number two. So on. And so when I saw that, I was like, yes, Desiree, yes. you are my girl. You feel me. <laughs> so who would be your, I'll give you top two most influential artists. Um, like for me or in the like okay that you know what that's a fair question how about we do both you and Desiree Tucker as yourself and then Desiree Tucker as doing all the media shit um for me personally yes Whitney is one yes um and I guess I I, I guess I want to but I feel like I'll be cliche about it but it's just like facts like Whitney is amazing and has done so much influential work on a lot of people mm -hmm. um and i want to say like if i'm going to go on the male side i want to give it to like michael or prince but like as far as like being so influential into our music um i love my prince i can listen to him every day mm -hmm. i probably just listened to like adore probably like last night i don't know yeah <laughs> um i'll say i'll say michael just to be like give it a clean cut i guess okay. on that one. um now for me personally um i'm an odie i i love an odie so i am a person of like the teddy pendergrasses and isley brothers the door yes mm -hmm. i am that the oj's the whispers yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, but for me, most influential for me, I would say is Tina Marie on that end. Um, and I love, I love Tina Marie. I love, I do like Tina Marie. <laughs> and she was like, I don't, I think feel like some people slept on her, but white chocolate had it going. Yes, on. yes, she did. Yes, it's so cool. Yeah, um, she has a lot of songs that's very um that like speaks to me. Like Deja Vu, I'm just like that's me. That's my yeah. And I guess. Another one. I want to go on the rap side. I'm just giving you my favorite artist on that. On That's fine. Um, Jay Z is my top, like top, top, top. Like I, I was expecting that. Yeah, between Jay Z and I would say Lil Wayne, but he has made me upset because of the whole Trump ordeal. I don't know what's got, what's going on with his head. Yeah, um, I used to be a very big like Lil Wayne fan, but he has mm -hmm. definitely been influential to the rap game. Um, on so many levels, but I think mm -hmm. Jay-Z, I'll pick, pick him over Lil Wayne because he has, you know, works from the ground up and then has shown you that you too can be a businessman and you mm -hmm. too can make major moves as a black man going from like sling and dope to, you know. Being a billionaire? Being a billionaire with the baddest wife, you know, right next Hello. to Hello. <laughs> you know, I, I am not a hip hop head, a rap head. But I would, if I had to pick my top 
two, I would top two rap artists. I would definitely say, and I mean, I'll just leave it at one because I'll say Jay Z because there is. Uh, I love Cardi. I'm Barty all day. Barty gang. I'm a Meg the Stallion. Like I love. I really like them. But number one most influential rap. I would say rapper. I would say Jay Z. I love the Magna Carta album, and I know like a true hip hop rap head would say ew. <laughs> I'm not. It's one of the albums. It was okay album. I'm a I'm a blueprint girl. Um, mm -hmm. and I am uh the black album, which is my one of my favorites. Uh my boyfriend actually got that for me for my birthday and I like shed a tear. Oh <laughs> that is so funny. I don't think I've ever no, I have cried over a CD. My cousin she wrote her name on my Whitney Houston Preacher's <laughs> Wife CD. And I was like, why would you do this? <laughs> yeah, that was the only time I ever cried over a CD. Um, but back- I've always cried over it. Like, even when I got the NSYNC CD when I was a kid, I was uh -huh. like, Christmas NSYNC, I'm about to put it in my, um, my Walkman right now. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I was excited about, you know, getting new music, especially my Whitney CDs. But yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> um, you know what? Jay-Z's 444 album. Mm -hmm. I really like that album, especially um, the Smile track. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, I could listen to that that song over and over and over again. Yeah, I saw that in, I saw him in concert for that one as well. That was, I think that, that was the last concert I seen Jay-Z in. That is so dope. Like I would, I wish, I wish he and B and all of these people could have like an intimate concert and be like, you know, right there, I can touch you and y'all like sweat on me. That'll be so dope. Oh, I think they, uh, unfortunately, I feel like those days are over because that's similar to the unplugged. That's mm -hmm. how unplugged was, you know. Yeah. Not that small, intimate setting of like listening to people mm -hmm. right there, just that one stage, nothing too much, and just seeing all the sweat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I really love about New Orleans. Have you ever been to? Yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like being able to see, you know, legendary artists like right there. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm used to, you know. Mm -hmm. But one of these days, I don't know who I'll see first after COVID because especially, well, you know what? Um, you are a PR person mm -hmm. and you were saying like during this time that you thought about changing your career and I can, I understand because no more concerts. So what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. So what about the outdoor concerts? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about those? Um, have you been to one No. In Georgia, we have uh, drive-through concerts, like yeah, I think that's such a dope idea. Really cool too, but I'm still hesitant because I still see people get out their cars and they kind of close to each other. I got um, you. concerts, I am, I think if I've seen them with the pods, because I've seen some that have like, like this is your section. 
if you're going to bring your four friends, this is where you have to be, where you're going to be at that entire time. Mm -hmm. Just because we're outside and we're like spread apart, I'm not really trusting that. Just mm -hmm. because I've seen what outside festivals look like, you know, those type of outside concerts look like, you're still like bumping shoulders to get somewhere. I've seen uh, Andre 3000 and Big Boy the last time they came to Atlanta. And that was the fucking craziest amount of people that was down there. And even yeah. though outside it was still like having to squeeze through like feeling like sardines so if we do do outside concerts I do feel like those pod that pod idea or just that section idea could possibly work mm -hmm. and then if they let you guys leave one at a time or maybe two at a time however I think that could work mm -hmm. so you are a PR person right publicist yes you are a publicist. So is, I mean, is that the same thing? Cause when I hear PR, I hear this is the person who, you know, makes my press releases. They're the person who the radio station talks to me. But then when I hear um, a publicist, mm -hmm. I hear, well, come to think about it, I guess I think the same thing. So what is a publicist or what is a PR person? Um, so a publicist is basically, or PR in general, um, publicist is somebody who connects you to different platforms, whether it be mm -hmm. magazines, radio, blogs, newspapers, if that's a thing, um, podcasts, radio stations. And we make sure that our clients are um, on those outlets and we kind of curate a angle for them um, and push it towards that particular outlet. So um, one of our clients is actually a web series producer and director and creator. And so we push him on different outlets as well. Um, and he, his story is on YouTube and he's on um, Reverie, which is a gay streaming uh, platform. But the show is, you know, a lot about sexuality and stuff like that. So we would angle it, you know, about black sexuality or he is a black man in this space. And, you know, we'll try to whatever. It's a lot of research that has to be done. So mm -hmm. I'm up like in the middle of the night, probably till two or three o'clock in the morning, just literally finding and going through different platforms that are all over and seeing which one is going to be best fit for my client. I so we do schedule, you know, different interviews. I have my client next week. Um, she has like three to four or five days, I think four days straight of interviews. Mm -hmm. And that's because we've been hitting the ground running, contacting people and asking them and, you know, doing the press releases and creating these angles. Um, so that's really what we do. So it is a lot of writing. It is a lot of research, but we make sure that we get all of the eyes on our clients. I see. So then what's the difference between a publicist and a manager? You know what, those lines, cross a lot like it can be, that's what it sounds like yeah it can be very blurred but the thing with a manager is that they set up um like your gigs and stuff like making sure that you're going to be performing somewhere or doing something somewhere on the aspect of your like talent you know if you're looking at an artist type thing mm -hmm. um so publicists we just really make sure that we got you connected on a platform so that your story can be told I so see. a manager is more so kind of booking in and then setting you up on the right place with like brands, um, you know, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So that's really the difference between a manager and a public a publicist, but it does, it can get blurred sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to be like, okay, we don't necessarily do that. Um, and we kind of have to step back and kind of like 
three, let our clients know that that's a manager's job and not necessarily public relations. We just create your stories, make sure you're on the right platforms so that everybody can get eyes on you. So for the connectors who think they need a publicist, when should a potential client come to you? Um, a client should come to us when they actually have something to share. So um, if you have music that where you have a project, um, where you're doing a lot of things behind that project, um, when you have all of that, that's when you come to us because that helps us create stories and angles for you to be presented to different platforms. So you can't be an artist with like one song, you mm -hmm. know, and not even working on a project or don't even have a lot of like backing behind you on your talent. Um, because how am I going to tell your story? How am I going to sell you? Not sell you because we don't work in money. Like we don't guarantee sales. We just guarantee eyes. But like, how can I create a story around your one song? Mm -hmm. And then if, if I do create a story around your one song, what else can you bring to the table? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have nothing else, then you shouldn't be coming to us right now. So there is a time that you should go to a publicist or when you should think about getting a publicist. Um, and I think it is when you actually have something to share, to give and to benefit, you know, other people. Like why, why, why should we care? Right. Why does this magazine, why should this magazine talk about you or interview you or be con consider you, you know? So if you don't have anything, you're not working on nothing or a project, then you got to keep pushing on your side before you even come to a publicist. So like someone who's just discovering that they can sing mm -hmm. shouldn't come to you like, Desiree, I know that I can sing because my mama told me to. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> I need you. Did you work on a project? Do you have a, do you have an album? Do you have an EP? Uh, do you have some photos maybe? Are, are there some other things that you can do to like help package you to mm -hmm. give to other people like just because you can sing because there's 50 billion other people out here who can sing what right. is what makes you different right you know I mean? so like you have to have something and that's not just for artists that's just for everything like i said one of our clients is a web series creator what he had was his web series another one of our clients is a, a, a author and a philanthropist so he has a book you know he just released a book mm -hmm. um Another one of our clients, he refers to himself as a black scientist. So he has like four different websites or apps that helps with uh, coding and really oh, wants cool. the black community um, learning and coding and, you know, doing all of those things. So he has something to bring to the table. All mm -hmm. of our clients has something to bring to the table that will benefit um, onlookers. So. Right. And, you know, you said something earlier, like you have to do the work and sometimes work includes spending money on yourself. Yes. Like, cause why would you Desiree, you know, spend money on me, your time mm -hmm. when I haven't spent, you know, the time nor the money going and go get, you know, photo shoots done, recording. Like it does take time and effort. And I, I've always had that mindset. Like when we had the media company, um, we, because people wanted to get placed on our platform, we would get email after email after email of them wanting to get interviewed. But even to the point where if you were just to send me an email that says, hey, my name is, this is my song and I want to get interviewed mm -hmm. and then drop the song in the email, I'm not going to pay attention to you because one that shows me that you didn't even think 
clearly enough to like curate this email good enough to be professional and then here you go just giving me a regular mp3 song where's your website where's your epk where's your yes. graphics where's these things and if you don't have that and you're presenting yourself as far as wanting to be on my platform that just shows me that you're not as serious in your craft so why should i take you seriously right so, you know everybody else you know all of your listeners who are listening before you even approach anybody you have to put in the work to fully like brand and represent yourself because people do like first impressions are a real thing sometimes when when i was just looking at the rap hippie submissions i didn't give a damn if the song was like top 10 mm -hmm. if you didn't have all of the other things that could actually make you an artist mm -hmm. and present yourself that way i'm ignoring it and yeah. so and everybody who's worked with me known that i've been, i've been that way but it is a professional thing and you know i've through my like business pro the entertainment business program that i went through and all of the you know industry execs that will come to our classes these are the things that they really like instilled in us yes. to like really make if you're serious about it you would show it because yes. people can read through that shit and i'm one of those people who can read through that right yeah no yeah listeners connectors please listen listen as a publicist you are responsible for getting the audience to listen to what the artist is saying. So how do you, for an example, Danny Lay, she just dropped this song that's, oh my gosh, did you read the room, lady? So, <laughs> you know, I thought I would imagine that she has PR, so in that, in that scenario, as a publicist, what is your job? What would you do? Um, they did exactly what, she came with that apology. They told her she had to come with that apology. She had to go live and make some type of statement about it. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with, you know, the PR people. Um, sometimes I think with PR people, we don't really get included in the very beginning stages of stuff that goes, that's where your A&R and like your managers kind of play that part because who told you to release this song? <laughs> you know, like as a publicist, I, I'm not the one that's like, mm, I don't know, because I'm not in that very, very beginning stages of you in the studio. Mm -hmm. um, I think her A&R people and her managers just let her do things, just let her do what she wants. And that's kind of something I have a problem with. And I really like to instill into artists is you don't have to have a yes man is not good. Like you mm -hmm. don't need a yes man all the time because a yes man is going to fuck you up. Yes. Language. And I think that yes man for Danny Lee fucked her up because that song was not at good timing. And you're going to do this before black history month. Hello. <laughs> and then you already know the way of the world where it's like, if we're black, you know, we're just accepting all of us, there's no, we're trying to get away from colorism. Like people have gotten onto Mulatto with her name to where name. he's changing her name. So why did you feel like it was okay to bring in like- What he won't. And it's, I was like, okay, never mind what she said, but is the song a bop or not? It's not. It wasn't. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know where her A&R people was to like, they should have said no. <laughs> But I mean, the PR part of it is that her public relations probably did go to her and say, you need to write, a, you need to go live mm -hmm. and put out a statement trying to, you know, it's like, it's called, it'd be crisis management, basically trying to manage this situation because now we're in a crisis. You got all of these people coming to you. You got all of these things said to you that you are deeming to not be true. And now you have to speak your truth. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably where her public relations or her PR people came into play to be like, you got to do it. 
we mm-hmm. have to even like I think Doja Cat she probably had you know her PR people say something um you know but there's a lot of different PR moves I think um what is the most recent one I think with the NFL I think the NFL had actually put something out where they are allowing for the Super Bowl not the, I think the Super Bowl that they are allowing first responders who are vaccinated to come to the the student or to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and or coming to the stadium. And that is kind of a PR move because y'all are trying to convince and tell people, you know, if you get vaccinated, then you'll be able to show up to these places. Huh. So that's kind of another, you know, PR is everywhere. Huh. I did not think about that. Mm-hmm. And that's a story, you know, like they had to curate that. Mm-hmm. And once you come up with that headline, then you're able to pitch that to different magazines and different things or whatever. It's just a matter of how you tell the story. So publicist and PR is a really important thing if you're ready, you know, if you feel like you are ready for that, you have to have something to the table. So like, you know, I have an artist and she has her her music and her, you know, all her songs. Yeah, shout your girl out. Simone Royale. <laughs> My girl, my girl Simone Royale she has her album um going deep and it's just all about relationships and you know how she felt in a relationship and the good and the bad you know throughout it um and that's a good thing to pitch on like this is the album that you should put on your playlist this mm-hmm. is this is why like she's also different on the side of she doesn't sound like everybody else you know the music mm-hmm. that she kind of puts together doesn't sound like everybody else it has some funk in it which is very nostalgic you know um we don't hear that a lot in r&b we don't that is so true i've been listening mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i like her mm-hmm. i she's different but and her voice is so pure like she's she's does not remind me of a Danny Lay or Lee. How do you pronounce her name? Lee or Lay? Lay? I have no idea. Or Doja Cat. And I know like Doja Cat is more like rappy, whatever. But yeah, Simone Royale, she's she's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and it's a matter of, you know, she's still emerging and still making her way up, but we have to curate those stories and get her out there. Um, you know, to keep pushing her because I think mm-hmm. she's a great artist. Like I personally, when I talk about her, excuse me, I feel it in my, I feel it like in myself that she is a really good artist and she mm-hmm. is going to make it. So, um, but yeah, from oh, <laughs> on the public relations end, you know, there are just different angles that you do, whether you are an artist, an author, a producer, an actor, actress. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you guys do see these long drawn out statements, most of the time, that is not even the artists who are saying something. That is the, the PR people who wrote that statement together and put it out. Y'all are the ones spending all y'all's time cleaning up a mess. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so, okay. This is one of my favorite parts of the episode. I'm going to give you an imaginary ticket. Okay. Because we can all use a break, right? Like, flew me out, please, right now. You can go anywhere in the whole wide world, including the universe, the universe, outer space. This ghetto. Uh, <laughs> <if> it is. <laughs> so you can go anywhere you want. You can bring or visit anyone you want. And tell me why you want to go there. Now, I know you may need some time to think. So I can go first. Okay. Okay. And then you can go. Okay. Is that okay? Or do you know, already know? 
<laughs> That's okay. right. So if I could go anywhere, I don't know if I would really, really go because of COVID, but um, we're going to live in a world without COVID right now. And I would go to Myanmar or it was Burma. Mm -hmm. And right now um, they are in protest against their military who is pretty much taking over. And I believe in democracy for our people. Not to say that democracy is what every country should subscribe to because I mean, people can thrive without democracy. Well, Myanmar, their military is basically taking over being a military regime, um, oppressing the people. I, I'm reading on BBC and one of the most oppressive people in the whole wide world is the Rohingya people. Mm -hmm. And the way that they are being treated is so disgusting. And so if I could, I would go there just to st stand in solidarity with people. And what this BBC website is saying is that the Myanmar people, they weren't even looked at as people. They weren't even counted in the last census. Wow. And it's like, how dare you? How disgusting can you be to not even look at these people as human beings because they practice a different religion? Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, if I could, I'm there in spirit just because that's what my life purpose is, is to stand up for the people who have a voice. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a voice, but because people like to oppress the smaller people, mm -hmm. you know, their voices are sometimes muted. Mm -hmm. So as my life purpose, I would just stand in solidarity with the people of Myanmar or Burma. So I have to do some research on that because I knew absolutely none of that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it? Like, and like to think, I'm a black woman, you're a black woman in media, and I know that must have so much repercussions. Mm -hmm. You've probably been turned down, and we can talk about that later, or more if you want to. Just knowing how oppressed I feel at times, like to think that these are the most oppressed people or discriminated people in the world. Yeah. Why don't I'm, I'm wondering why that's not like out there, out there, you know, like, why is this not like a headline? I'm definitely going to have to do some more research and I might yes. have to my news this weekend for, you know, 1380 WOK, that show, because I do, I have like a news segment on there just mm -hmm. so everybody can know about that. Because I'm just finding out because this one, this particular one, this article came out January 23rd. So not too long ago, but this isn't, this, this has been happening. Yeah. This is not just now happening. So yes, y'all connectors, let's do what we can circulate this. Like, I got yeah. you. We'll definitely say something on air this weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that should be like, people should Known. know. Yeah. 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 So if you could go anywhere, we don't have to be as deep. We could go somewhere fun. <laughs> um, for me, it, it's, I think it might be deep. I would want to go to um, 
like Bali or, you know, something of that nature uh, over there because I have been on a spiritual journey for quite a long time uh, since 2015. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as we're, as I'm home and sometimes, you know, meditate, I'm very big on meditation and yoga and things of that nature. And I would just feel better knowing more and feeling more, you know, actually being in the presence of that um, and kind of being in those sacred spaces and just, you know, like I said, just learning more about it. Um, because I'm, I've been walking on this path for a while and, you mm -hmm. know, there's only but so much that you can get from books or get online or, you know, from documentaries or things like that. Um, so to physically be there, I would want to go, um, just to kind of help me even find my way or find my purpose so that I can be whole. Cause I know mm -hmm. that when I'm whole, then I'll be able to give to more people in my community and the people that I want to touch. Yeah. Um, so that is something that I would want to go to. Uh, if I could bring anybody, it would probably be my man. Hey. <laughs> we both want to, like, we're both like, when this shit is over, we are going, <laughs> we are going somewhere. So, um, and that I would just want to take him out there to, like, give him a different perspective of things and not even just for him, but for the both of us and expose us to both to things that we don't know. And mm -hmm. I think that's the best way to like switch your perspective on a lot of stuff, especially when you come back into your real world is seeing how other lives are, maybe seeing how other people practice things and, you know, on the religious tip or the spiritual tip, like, you know, you just learn a lot from that. So I wouldn't mind being that that had kind of have been what I've been walking in, like meditation and chakras and like, you know, all of that. I would want to be uh, in that space and at least say that I was physically there and learn and talk about the culture and the people and, and all of that. So. I am so there with you. I would love to go to Bali. Mm -hmm. That's one of, I want to do a, an eat, pray, love trip. Oh my God. I just watched that movie like two days ago. Don't you love it? Like I would love to do like the whole everywhere she went, Bali, um, I, I never, like, every time I talk about it, I'm like, wait, where did she go? I know she went to Italy, Bali, Bali, Italy. There's one more. I'm not sure. Cause I think Island. I started Bali and I had turned it off cause I had to go to bed, but I know. Right. It's so good though. Yeah. Um, but Bali, yes. I don't know when COVID's going to like let us alone, but I was talking to one of my business partners and I'm putting on this hopefully trip. Now I was supposed to do Dubai last year, COVID happened. And then we were like, okay, well let's push it back to this year. But Dubai is like, no, sis, we shutting everything down. So they just closed down all of the bars this weekend again. I heard there are people stuck out there. Like they said, like influencers, some social media influencers are stuck in Dubai. Cause like they're shutting it down. And so I'm like, well, I would love to do that. And so the lady, like my business partner, she's like, well, what if we did Hawaii? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, but how about Bali? Because like the reason for Hawaii would be like a meditation trip. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Bali is like a place of, I mean, not to say that Hawaii can't be, but thinking about Bali and knowing that they have like these spiritual retreats there, like why not? And she's like, well, we can do it in Hawaii too. Fine, fine, <laughs> fine. But culture is the same as Hawaiian culture. So I'm here for Hawaii too. You know? Yeah, but Bali, 
girl, it's gonna happen. You're yeah. your man. And that you know would be so dope if the whole set your intentions clubhouse room, like the moderators and whomever else want to go, we all get on a plane and go to Bali. I'm gonna tell Kiana tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in. Tell her, tell her to hook it up, cause like that would be so dope. You know what's crazy? You brought up like retreat stuff. I've been like that's been on my spirit is to like go to some form of a retreat, even if it is like big or you know even if it's small, just because we are in the midst of COVID. But mm-hmm. like I really want to go on a spiritual like retreat. Like I just I know for me that would help me find even though I feel like I'm walking in my purpose um mm-hmm. I finally found that you know throughout this COVID um but getting deeper into that would just feel good and I feel like I want to go or I need to go on a retreat and because you know that just they offer so many things and just kind of give you different insight on so many things mm-hmm. you open your mind up. so I'm all for that Mm-hmm. It's just a time where, and possibly why so many people, including myself, during COVID, like just started discovering their purpose. Or like for myself, I started walking deeper in my purpose and having a better understanding of my purpose. Mm-hmm. Because we do during a retreat, we have time to like slow down, reflect over our lives, over ourselves. So that would be, yeah, so, so, so dope. So like, you just said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Well, so that's exactly what happened in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Myself and I know plenty of others. We had to slow the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how has COVID impacted your, I guess, your walk in your purpose and your job, what, your career? It's actually been, for me, uh, luckily, like my job was not, at stake. I was, I still work my nine to five, um, but my nine to five also opened up opportunities for me. Um, Unfortunately, it was because certain departments got dissolved or certain departments got furloughed. Um, So with that being that they knew that I had experience in other aspects, they, you know, reached out to me to help out in writing or graphic design. Um, and again, to help out be on the radio, like have a radio show now. So it has worked on the nine to five and it has worked out for me. Um, for me personally, um, I'm now walking in a space of kind of doing my own thing with Odyssey, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if connectors keep following, keep listening, because there is something that is coming out, you know, major for me this year. Um you know, as a, uh, my own personal business ordeal. I just registered for it to be a business yesterday. Nice. You know, I'm, I'm really trying to walk in that, but my purpose have come to light where I want to help the creative community. Like mm-hmm. I want to be able to cre- provide a safe space for the creative community. And every time I talk about it, or even in the beginning of me feeling, or, um, you know, thinking about it, I felt it in my fingers. Like, I don't know if anybody else has ever felt that, like something just feels so good. Like you feel it in your bones. Yes. When I got that feeling, um, me and my boyfriend was on our way up to Virginia and DC because that's what he's from DC. We were going home for the summer and I was just driving and I was like, ding, ding, ding. That's what the fuck it is. That's, I want to help my community. And, you know, also coming off the, the, coming off of, you know, everything that's happened with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and mm-hmm. seeing like 
treating us and seeing the difference of things, I was like, I want to create a safe space for my people in the creative world, in the creative community. Um, and then that's where Odyssey is gonna, is kind of the jump off for that because this is me from one creative to another, you know, speaking affirmations and mantras and allowing this to be a safe space for you to just relax and understand that you're not in this by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that we all relate to one another. It's just a matter of how you go about it, how you react you know, to your certain situations. So Odyssey, the podcast is the very beginning steps um, where I'm trying to create a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that community will be able to, you know, follow me through on my other future endeavors with Odyssey. Um, so it has- I'm here. <laughs> you got you got us, so. <laughs> COVID has really, um, you know, worked it out for me. I did take some losses, like some family losses this year or, you know, Mm -hmm. last year and that hit really hard. And it wasn't probably until like New Year's where I like sat down and was like, damn, like my aunt really did pass away. Like Mm -hmm. my cousin really did pass. Like, you know, because it was just so much going on um, that it, it didn't hit me at that time, you know, because I also knew, you know, there was a, there was a scale of things happening. There was a lot of good things happening. Then there were some bad things happening and I just needed to get myself together. And it wasn't until new year's where I realized that, damn, I really took some losses, but at the bigger picture, like I'm now able to make a change for the next generation after me. Yes. Um, And, you know, breaking generational curses. And so now I feel like I'm walking in that light to be able to break those curses. Um, Mm -hmm and walking through the mud and doing it by myself and figuring this shit out, mm-hmm. whether it be in media or not, you know, like, so um, COVID has been, I don't want to say great. I did a lot of shadow work. And if people who don't know about shadow work, it's basically like mm-hmm. writing in your journal about the things that you don't like about yourself or what people may not like about you and just kind of reflecting on the bad parts of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause not everything is good. And I think that's where social media has kind of fucked us up is where they think everything is a-okay and it's, it's not. not and so I had a lot of times where I sat here in my house or you know in meditation states and like really reflected and also wrote down in my journal and reflected on the things that I did not like about myself or how people affected me and so even me being able to tell my story about my stepmother and my stepsisters I've been holding that in and some other traumatic things in since you know, since forever. And it wasn't until this year where I actually told my boyfriend something that I would have never told anybody. I've never told anybody else. Mm -hmm. I actually was able to tell my therapist what happened to me that, you know, certain things. And that's because the pandemic made me sit my ass down and reflect on. And it made me also realize that, um, the way I was on a day to day, I stayed busy for those reasons. Like, my typical day, you know, prior to COVID was get on a train, get to work, work all through day, the day if there was an event or if there was some type of, you know, something, I was going to it after work, then jump on the train back here, work on my side hustle, go to sleep for maybe four hours and wake up and do it all that's over. That's race. And I was like, that's why I never had fucking time to like sit down and analyze what was really happening, why I'm like the way that I am, you know, why people offend me some, or why I get offended by people sometimes, or why I take things personally, which is going to be the next episode, you know, but it's like, don't do it. Don't take anything personally, personally, but you know, I had to COVID allowed me to sit down and really reflect on those things. And, um, and just get through those thoughts that I didn't really get to pay attention to because I, like you said, I was in that rat race. Mm-hmm. So I'm very appreciative 
and I want to say it like that, I'm appreciative of the yes. time that COVID gave me. Am I appreciative of this virus and what's happening and how mm -hmm. it's changing the world? No, but I do know. I do believe that 2020 was exactly what it was. It was 2020. It gave us 2020 vision or more yes. of a lot of things like personally, you know, and within corporations, within friends, within families, within like everything. We got to see what it really was. So right. my whole mindset has changed. Um, will I be working at the radio station forever? No. And that's because of what I had was able to ponder on through the, you know, through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So um, I love the station and everything that it has brought to my life. But I also know when my time will be up. Right. So I that to say, you know, I'm really on this on the space of true happiness where I'm not working for somebody else and I can do for my family and the generation after me. Because my purpose is to really stick for, you know, stick up and be there for our community in general. That is beautifully stated. And that's exactly what solidified. 2020 solidified my purpose. Like I couldn't, I cried because it was, I hurt my own feelings because I couldn't see it before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, you've been brought back to this particular place twice. Mm -hmm. And just 2020, you're realizing why. And it took George Floyd's murder, Breonna Taylor's murder for me to see, you know? But I am here and I'm walking in my purpose for my people. I'm here for my people. That's I just got goosebumps hearing you say that. I love that. And you know what's crazy? Uh, you know, prior to this, you were like, Des, maybe you can give me some affirmations before my 33rd or, you know, whatever. Yes. And the affirmation I was going to give you is to say, I am grounded in my purpose. And mm. the fact that you are like speaking on that right now, it just like confirms a lot for me that I was, I would be able to speak, you know, that into you because that is exactly what you're speaking about right now is finding your purpose and being grounded in it. Mm. I think that, you know, as we get older, and we've just been in this world, it's been hard, you know, and being on a platform like this, you know, shout out to you for connecting a number of people together. Mm -hmm. And you don't even, we don't even live in the same, you know, space and you being able to reach out and just do what you're doing. It's a purpose behind it. And I just wanted to, you know, affirm in you that you are grounded in your purpose. And so it's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> oh, I, I, I appreciate that. And you said earlier about your fingers. I feel it in my feet. Like since you, the last 10 minutes or so, I get these feelings in my feet when it's, it's like over confirmation, if that makes any sense. Like, I think that, um, you know, I, I've been talking to my therapist about, uh, and everybody connectors and all, it is okay to get a therapist. Yes. <laughs> get a therapist you need somebody else to talk to <laughs> not your mama not your daddy not your boyfriend because they're not your, your therapist get right. your real therapist but we talk about um holding certain feelings within our body and what that could possibly mean and so and just kind of recognizing that so I think it's good that you're recognizing that you're feeling these things in your in your feet and I don't know if it's to be true but for me I'll feel like that's like letting me know that I am grounded in it my, our feet touch the ground. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm feeling this in my feet, I am grounded in this purpose every time mm -hmm. I speak about it. So, you know, that ain't nothing scientific or in a book. That's just like right. what I'm feeling, you know, to say to you because, you know, 
you think about the energy and the feelings of that. And if it's directing towards your feet, which is on the ground, you are grounded. Mm. You are grounded in your purpose. And I'm very proud of you. You know, it's our first conversation, but just hearing you and your story as we speak is, is beautiful. And I'm glad we've been able to connect this way. And hopefully, not hopefully, we will continue yeah. um, to be friends and, you know, yeah. be, be, being in each other's community because that's what it, it's really all about. I appreciate that, Destiny. You're welcome. So as we end our connecting, um, this has been so good for my soul. Like this, I try to keep it like under an hour or at least an hour, at least no more than an hour and a half. And we're about to round into an hour and a half. But for the connectors out there who are interested in getting into the media, but may look at themselves as a black woman, or black man, a black person, and may see a ceiling, what do you say? Because you do all the media shit. So how can, how can you, you can't see a ceiling. What do you say to them? Keep pushing. I mean, keep grinding. Just don't let anybody stop you. Don't let the walls around you stop you. Don't let the ceiling above, anything like that. You can be outside of the box and you can do whatever it is that you want to do. But when you do that, you have to put in the work. That's all. I, when it comes down to the media stuff, in, in any career, I would assume, you have to put in the work. And, you know, if this is what you want, speak into it and pray and manifest for it. But you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. You know, like for me, I feel like I can pray to God all day about what I want, what I want, what I want. But if I don't actually do it, when is he going to be like, well, why are you not doing your part? Right. How, how can I give you something that you're not even working for or working towards? So whatever it is you want to do, whether it is radio, whether it is a podcast, whether it is um, public relations, whether it is being a singer or a lawyer, entertainment lawyer, whatever it may be, just continue to go and grind and do the work. Mm -hmm. Connectors, y'all better listen, because again, I've been feeling it all through this episode you're such a genuine person, like your smile, like I just know people around you must feel loved and appreciated because I definitely do. So I, I appreciate you for coming on my platform, for connecting with us. Um, and I, I can't wait to see your continued growth because it does inspire me to see other black women, you know, just crushing it. Mm -hmm. And not taking no for an answer because you just going to do it yourself. Okay, go make your own, whatever it is, you are doing it. So I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for just reaching out. It was just like, I was like, oh, somebody wants to talk to me. Yes, 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 of course. I appreciate that. And I can't wait to see, you know, everything that comes out from what you're doing and please stay connected with me in other ways. We have to like exchange phone numbers, like fuck the email stuff. We're <laughs> I need to go to a concert because clearly I'm doing life all wrong. So yeah, I'm definitely like, we're going to exchange, but for the connectors who want to connect with you, please drop your socials, your emails, your PR, phone number, whatever you want to do, please let us know how to connect with you. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. It is Desi T, D-E-S-I-I-T-E-E, -E -E, it's three E's at the end. Um, 
my email or my public relations is Two Up West Agency. Um, and quickly, I want to tell this story because Two Up West is uh, it's a dear part in, in mine. I'm from Virginia, so Two Up, Two Down. My business partner is from the West Coast, so we came up with Two Up West Agency. Okay. So I just love that that whole ordeal. But Two Up West Agency is where you can get a consultation for public relations, or if you need EPKs done, or you know, prep, which are press kits and stuff. I do those very well. Um, you can also follow my podcast where you can hear these affirmations and mantras and I have a quick book series that's happening right now. Um, it is Odyssey, the podcast. It is O-E, or I'm sorry, O-D-E-S-S-E-Y, the podcast, and is on Spotify, Apple, um, and Google. I don't think a lot of people listen to other platforms, but it's on search Odyssey, the podcast, and your girl's going to pop up, um, but yeah, that is me. Uh, you can always reach out to me. I'm open to talk about anything. I'm, I'm even open to just being a listening ear because I know that sometimes what everybody needs, whether it is about your journey or your odyssey in the creative field uh, or not, you know, I, I'm here. I'm here for the people. I love that. I, I even love the name of the, the podcast, Odyssey, because life is an odyssey, right? I love that. Hmm. And connectors, you know how to connect with me on my website, www.amsconnected.com. You can subscribe to stay connected or go to Instagram, connect with me on Instagram at amsconnected, or you can email me info.amsconnected at gmail.com. You can email me a question if you want to be on Amps Connected, the podcast, or maybe you have a question for an upcoming artist. Connectors, until the next time, you know what to do. Stay connected. Mm -hmm.